listening to the sermons of the late Pastor Frank Hampton Jr., who pastored the Church of God in Jackson, Michigan from 1963 to 2018. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Hampton or the Church of God, please visit our website at www.churchofgodjackson.com. Again, that's www.churchofgodjackson.com. We hope you enjoy the message. God bless. situations and they give in under pressure and duress and feel that God must not have taken their case into account when he said this. But when the Holy Ghost inspired Paul to pen these words, he foresaw every imaginable and possible situation that might confront you. Man, praise God. When he said always abounding, he saw that there would be unsaved wives to deal with. He was aware that there would be unsaved husbands that would come against you. He knew that there would be wayward children to deal with. He knew that there would be financial Difficulties to come your way. But in spite of all those things, he said we should always abound. We should always overflow. 
I'm afraid that our minds have become somewhat perverted for the most part because we seem to feel that the overflowing is the unusual experience. That the overflowing and the abounding experience is not the norm but the unusual and the occasional. But God help us. Religion, as most of us have seen it, has been such a thing of sporadic victory that most of us feel that's the way it ought to be. But that's not God's way. That's not the standard of God's church. Paul is forever laying out the standard for God's church. And you pray with us this morning, if you will. Now, one of the greatest difficulties that the church has faced down through the ages has not been the lack of spiritual or abounding people, but the always abounding type. You know what? We have many day trippers. We have many people who occasionally runs uh, through troops and jumps over walls. We have many people who are super for a moment, but that's not what we're talking about. Those are not the type of people that are responsible for what you are enjoying this morning. It's not the day tripper or the occasionally spiritual or those with sporadic victory. Those are not the kind of people that's going to take the church on into glory. But it is the always abounding type few they might be. Now I want you to notice the latter part I believe of verse 57. But we read the entire verse. But thanks be to God. Amen. Will you pray with me? Which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You get this. Many times we stand and raises our hand with exultation and thank God for the victory. That's marvelous. That's amazing. That's wonderful. But get this. It's not the victory that we are disturbed about this morning. Will you pray with us? It's not even the deliverance are you following me? Yes. But the issue this morning is the always victorious. Amen. Amen. God give it to you. But keeping it always and under all circumstances. Will you pray with me? How many times have we prayed, labored, laid on hands, and seeing people leave the altar of the prayer room shouting for joy because of God that broke them free and given them victory. Yeah. But that's not what we're after. We want those, amen, and not who come out of the prayer room with victory. Not that come from the altar bounding, but those who will be still shouting for next week and next month and next year amen. and next century. Amen. 
Thank God they give us a victory. You see, then when we make the right commitment and release ourselves to God in a proper fashion, we'll get the victory. You'll have the victory, but that's not the issue. You follow me? If most of you were honest enough to confess this morning, your problem would be not getting the victory over the flesh and over the mind and over all these things, but the always aspect. Brother, in my experience, I've seen people perform all kinds of spiritual exploits. I've seen them do things that were done in Acts of the Apostles. But I've also seen those same people in the dumps in the next few months, a few days, a few years. Amen! It seems that somewhere along the way we would sense that we've got to go beyond what we've done before. Most of you, you have had victory somewhere along the way. And in many instances, you've had it several times. You follow me? But you're never able to uh, accumulate. Amen. Why? You don't keep it long enough for it to multiply itself. Give me Revelation chapter 6, son. Oh, God help us this morning. I want you to read about verse if you will. And I saw I saw and behold a white horse behold a white horse and he that sat up on him had a bow he that sat up on him had a bow and a crown was given unto him thank God that crown represented victory a crown was given unto him and he went forth conquering and to conquer listen, listen God help us he went forth conquering and to conquer. Do you get the essence? Yeah. He always abound. Amen. He conquered. When the next situation arose, he conquered again. Yeah. When temptation came, he conquered. God. When trials came, he conquered. God. When the flesh tried to cut up, he conquered. God. When lukewarmness tried to come in, he conquered. Amen. They kept conquering. God help us. Brother, that's what it's all about. That's why I can't get you too excited anymore. I see people waving their hand and going forth, brother. But listen, I want somebody who always does it. I want somebody, thank God, that the church can depend on down through the years. I want something, thank God, amen, when the chips get low. When people praise our God, are backing up. When people take it down. When people don't keep the standard anymore. When people are backing up on this gospel. When people are saying it's too much. I want somebody, thank God, who is that alone to say, by the grace of God, I'm still conquering. There never has been a scarcity of people who are impressive. We've had all, I've seen little preachers come up. Amen. By the dozens. Impressive and excite crowds and all this kind of thing. But they're just as exciting next few months because of their derogatory lives. Amen. Amen. 
the life of the thing that brought victory and respectability to God's church down through the ages has been those who always abound. Every situation that came that way, they conquered. They were there offering excuses constantly for their failures. Brother, I'm going to tell you something. There's hardly a radio program that's worth listening to anymore. All that the preachers are doing are excusing people for their sins. The other night, I heard one of our young men who had called into some question answerer somewhere in the country, and we heard we recognized his name, and he was talking about living holy or free from sin. And here is a man who got the ears almost of the whole nation. This young man was telling him that we can live holy, and he stood there doing all that he could to refute him. In the ears and eyes of the whole nation, here is a man who looked upon for his religious authority, and he is fighting holiness with all that he possessed. And he was using all kinds of unfair tactics. And then try to slander him in the end. Oh, he's of the devil. Brother, every holiness fighter is of the devil. Straight from the devil. Most of these radio preachers originated their message, all that they have originated in hell. Go preach a man a gospel. Tell him to get saved from sin and then say God can't keep him saved. That's not of God. That's not of God. That's not of God. In his attempt to prove to the young man that you can't live free from sin, what have you had an evil thought today? I said, God have mercy. A man of that statue trying to use a low tactic like that. The presentation of an evil thought is not sin. It's what you do with the thought. The devil came to Jesus with evil thoughts. But Jesus rejected him. And he was pure. If you reject him, thank God the devil can come all day long. It's not what the devil presents that contaminates us, but what you accept of the devil. This false prophet trying to use that because he didn't have nothing, a crutch to stand on. Trying to use the presentation of an evil thought to prove that we sin. That's ridiculous. Unfair. Amen. Amen. Well, God help us this morning. Brother, let me tell you something. The reason why people are preaching that kind of perverted gospel is because they could not live the abounding life. So they had to find a gospel to fit their lives. And the same thing with you. If you don't live overcoming lives, pretty soon you're going to have your little personal gospel to justify you. Either you're going to live it or you're going to quit trying to teach it or be a hypocrite. What did he say? And I saw, I saw, and behold, a white horse. Behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow. And he that sat on him had a bow. And a crown was given unto him. Now you get this. Now we want to explain to you what enables you to live this always abounding life. Now you have to listen. See, you can't play with baby toes. You got, you got to listen here. Now, what did he have? And he had a bow. He had a bow. And a cr- wait just a moment now. Not 
the kind that shoots an arrow because we don't use carnal weapons. He had a bow, the kind that Noah was given, a rainbow. That means promise. He had the promise of God. Will you please pray with me? Thank God. Amen. All that you need to abound and to conquer always. You don't need no conquer weapon. You don't need to reach after this, that, and the other. All that you need, thank God, is the promise of God. He had a bow. You don't need to resort to anything more than the word of God for anything. Dear one, let me tell you, when trouble comes your way, don't let the devil excite you and get you grabbing at this, that, and the other. You just hold on to the promise of God. That's all you need. Hold on to the promise of Almighty God. Plead the blood and stand right there. Let the world resort to this, that, and the other. Let the world use all that carnal tactics. All you need, thank God, is the promise of God. All you need, thank God, is the covenant of God. What did they have, son? And I saw, and behold, a white horse. White horse. And he did that stand on him, had a bow. I can't read that without preaching the whole thing. What was he riding? A white horse. Thank God, white represents purity. The reason why some people can't abound, they're not pure. You cannot abound without being pure. You can't be no fornicating abound. You can't go around lusting and abound. Thank God you can't go around half-tone lying and abound. You can't go back talking snappy and abound. You got to be pure. Thank God if we're not pure, we don't have part, not a lot in the matter. Don't deceive yourself thinking because you're religious and you're all right. You've got to be pure, absolutely pure. And pure means the absence of any defilement. You can't sin and be pure. He wasn't riding a speckled horse. A polka dot horse. Thank God he was riding a white horse. Come on! Thank God if you're going to bound, thank God you're going to ride the essence of purity. All together. Without that, everything else you're doing is null and void. And to none effect. Riding a white horse. Come on with it. And I saw and behold a white horse. White horse. He that sat on him had a bow. A bow. And a crown was given unto him. Thank God, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. Thank God, the crown means victory. He went forth getting one victory after another. Everything that came against him, thank God, he subdued it and God gave him a crown. God, that you the heavyweight champion of everything, thank God, that you face. Temptation came, thank God, he kicked it out the window, thank God, God, you got a crown. Oh, getting mad spirit came, thank God, and he stopped it. God gave another crown. A lust spirit came. Praise our God. He tied it up. And God gave another crown. Every time he would conquer, thank God, God would give him a crown. He went forth conquering. Something else came, thank God, he would conquer again. That's why they went forth conquering and to conquer. Thank God, he was bounding all the time. He didn't conquer today and go down tomorrow. Testify today and sitting back in the amen back roll the next day. Thank God he conquered all the time. That's what gave the church her respectability. And that's what'll give you yours. That's why some people have no respect. What? 
you, you're not consistent enough. You bound sometimes and then sometimes you don't bound. Come on! I'm going to tell you something, children. You get this day. Don't you think, and it's unfair to expect people to give you a lot of respect and respond to you when you're abounding sometimes and sometimes you're unabounding. Sometimes you're on top and in the morning we got to question your conduct. Come on with me. Pray with me. Somebody pray with me. Amen. You can't demand the respect of the people by talking. About feigning yourself. Brother, you gain the respect of God's people by abounding always. Amen. See, respect is one. It's not something you rest from the people. You win it. Will you pray with me? Praise the living God. Amen. Now, this always abounding, this conquering and to conquer is what brought respect to the church. That's what happened to the early church. You get it? In the first century, when these people could no longer conquer, they failed to be the church of God. Come on! Went off into apostasy. The Anderson group. They failed to conquer. And now they're hissing a byword. All these false denominations. The reason why they can't be the church because they're not conquering. By their own admission, they're not conquering. And if you cease to conquer, you're no more it. Regardless of who you're associated with or what you call yourself, if you no longer conquer, you're no more it. One day you're taking the show, praise our God, then you're silenced because of your lack of overcoming. Amen. Amen. Give me St. John chapter 8, verse 27, if you please. Amen. This is where our confidence comes from. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Not that he spake of them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them. Then said Jesus unto them. When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And He that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. For I do always those things that please Him. Will you pray with me? The only assurance that Jesus had that the Father was always with him was the fact that he what? I do always those things that he please him. Always. There never was a time when he went counter or contrary to God's word or will. You can't sin and do always those things that God commands you. Because God never commanded a man to sin. God never commanded a man to sin. God never suggested a man to sin. But Jesus, I know that he's with me. He's not left me alone. That's why many times you have to wonder when you have a difficult situation, whether God's with you or not. When you get ready to trust God and all kind of fears overwhelms you. The reason why you have to do that is because you don't know whether God's with you or not. That, brother, when you don't know for certain that God with you, it shakes your confidence. I wish you prayed with me this morning. Amen. See, you can talk and psych yourself all you want to. See, I've seen people dying and still deceived. 
Oh, I know the man and I know he's with me. And the only way to hell is just as soon as they draw their last breath. Brother, the only way you know God with you is because you're doing always those things that please Him. That's the only way you can know. And to see me and to think that you have a knowledge otherwise is a gross deception. That's where your confidence comes from. Thank God when you can look back in your life and you cannot think of one instance where you cross God's will, let alone sin. Read that verse again, son. And he that sent me is with me. He that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me the alone. The Father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things that And the that reason why him. he hasn't left me, the reason why he hasn't left me is because I do always those things that please him. Amen. Thank God, go country and he'll leave you be. Because he said, if you deny me, I'll deny you. That's what the word of God says. The Father has not left me alone, and I know it. I don't see him, but I know he's with me because I do all the time those things that please him. I'm not sweet sometimes and mad sometimes. I'm not pure sometimes and lustful sometimes. I'm not honest sometimes and shady sometimes. That's why I know he's with me. Come on. My conduct at church is the same as it is at home. That's how I know he's with me. I don't have a dual deportment or character. Amen! I know he's with me. That's why I don't have to fear when my back is against the wall. That's why I don't have to tremble when the crisis comes. Why? Because I know God's with me. How do you know? Because I do always. And you can't psych yourself, brother, when you get in trouble. You can say, well, I know. You can say what you want to say, brother. If you know it, you know it because you do always those things that please. That's the only way you can do it. There's no other way of knowing it. There is no other way of knowing it other than the fact you do all the time. That's the word of God. Amen! That's why Paul has such a strong testimony in the end. He's out for a good fight. He's everything that confronted me I conquered it. Come on. He said, I don't have a blighted and a blighted record. When they took my rights away, I didn't lose my temper. When I walked around single all my life, I didn't go around lifting at women. Will you pray my, will you pray my strength? You thank God I went from a young man to an old man. And you check my record. You remember when he was in Ephesus? And thank God, when he got ready to go, he called all of them together. He's not been with you all these years. Whose gold have I coveted? Whose house have I invaded? Who can convince me of sin? Who can put the thing on anything I did that was contrary to God's word? He's not going. But thank God, I want to give my testimony before I leave. I want you to inspect me. I want you to look me over. Thank God, if you know it, tell it. If you know it, bring it out in the open. Amen. I don't want to go around the seas. If you know anything, homie, let me know before I leave. Amen. Amen. That's why you can say I fought a good fight. Amen. The same way he left Ephesus, he left everywhere else. And when he finally, thank God, went to the chopping block, he had the same testimony. I fought a good fight. Come on! Who can say I got mad one time? Amen. Who can say they saw me staring passionately? On one occasion, was somebody praying me? 
Will somebody pray with me? That's what it's all about, children. It's not about no little feeling good for a couple of days because you didn't go out and shoot nobody. It's more than that involved. Always abounding. Always abounding. Praise the living Christ. He said, I know that he's with me. And he has not left me alone. Why? Because I do always. I do always those things. Give me Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 1. That please him. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Now listen to what he says. He says, always abounding in what? In the work of the Lord. You're not eligible to do the work of the Lord unless you are in a predicament to abound. See, you get this. See, everybody wanted to do some work for the Lord. As they said. They want to do something spectacular in the church. They want to get it in some uh, element of the church where they can be seen and where they can demonstrate publicly and they can claim the attention of the people. You have no right doing that unless you're abounding always. Because if you're not abounding, you're not going to abound in your work. And we don't need to make any excuses for the grace of God. Amen. Always abounding. Always abounding. And let me tell you something. Listen. You get this. Get this. When people, we, we somebody pray hard with me just for a little while. When people want help, they are going to resort to those who are abounding. Will you pray with me? Why? Because they feel if you're not abounding, they doubt your ability to help them. Now, some people think that somebody ought to flock to their doorstep because they talk real big spiritually. But brother, that's not going to do it. You are only able to help those if you are abounding yourself. Why? Because they feel if I'm having a problem and you are abounding always, then you can help me. Huh? Come on with me. But brother, if I'm flopping and in the spirit one day and out the next day and on fire one week and lukewarm the next week for, for whatever reason. For whatever reason. Amen! But this is what we need to understand. But we have, we have plenty of day trippers. We have plenty of uh, demonstrators. We need somebody to abound. Always. Come on with me. Thank God people see you abounding in a day and abounding in something else next week. Almighty God. How do you read in Hebrews 6.1? Therefore, leaving the principles of the, doctrine of, the Christ, principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto let perfection. Let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance let, from dead works. Let's abound always. Not abounding, praise our God, and then faltering, having to repent, and then have to start all over again and abound for three more days. That's right. But let's go on. That's right. Let's keep stepping over the situation and keep going. We don't want to impress the world by our lack of abounding, that abounding is impossible. That's right. You know, I'm going to tell you something, Dewan. Many times we've impressed people so strongly about this truth, this gospel. And just about the time we convince them, then we don't abound anymore. 
By the time you convince them, they pass down the sidewalk and hear you hollering at your wife. I see you getting upset because something went wrong. Come on! Or because they press you to pay a bill and you respond wrongly. They see you under pressure. Fly off. Bible says you need to leave some things behind. Brother, it grieves my heart. We started, I believe, in 1980 on this sanctuary. But suppose every time we got up three feet, we kicked over the foundation, we'd still be laying the first course of bricks. Wouldn't that be pitiful and discouraging? And wouldn't that be mockery? The public would pass by mockers. So those people that started on that foundation 19 times. And they're still only three courses high. They probably wouldn't even want to come to church because they wouldn't understand us. That's right. Come on! Amen. Well, brother, is it just as sad and discouraging in a spiritual sense? How'd you read, son? Therefore, leaving the principles leaving of the doctrine the of Christ. Leaving the principles of the gospel. The of, doctrine of Christ. Let us go on unto let perfection. Let us go on to what? Unto perfection. Unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of Let repentance from dead works. Experience. Right. Step over those failures sometimes. I mean, let's climb across those things somewhere along the way. Convince the people that I got permanent victory somewhere in life. Right. Get to a place of usability somewhere on your journey. Let's go on. Now get this. If you don't abound, you're going in the opposite direction. Will you pray with me? Now this is what we need to know this morning. Some of us think that we have such spiritual strength and momentum and influence and affluence, if you will, that we can just fluctuate and still be the same. But I'm going to tell you, you're not being the same. And I know you aren't. You are either abounding or you're going in the opposite direction. That's what Paul is saying right here. He said, now, if you don't go on to perfection, you're going to be laying the foundation over and over and over. That's what he's saying. He said, if you're not abounding, then you're going to be laying the foundation over and over and over. That's why there are some people have not grown an inch taller in the last 10 years. And we need to measure too. We need to measure ourselves and see if we're growing or expanding, abounding. Come on! Well, Brother Hamlin, I had so many tests and trials and so many problems in my family, on my job. Well, Brother, that ought to to make you abound more. Trials and trouble don't come to destroy you, but to cause you to abound. Amen. Amen. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Listen. Ever exceeding your former self. You ought to be exceeding yourself constantly. Will somebody pray with me? Yeah. You've not shifted your position, have you? Listen! Always exceeding your former self. Always better than you were. Always obtaining a higher degree than you've had before. When people can look back on you four, five, or six, or seven, eight years ago and see where you had more fire, more authority, 
than you have now. Don't you know they recognize that? Don't you know they know that? Why do we think people are? Don't you know people sense that? They sense that just as much as they sense when you're bounding. And if we, if we go to sleep and think that just because of what we call ourselves, that people are going to think that way, then you will find yourself in a deep, deep hole. Come on! Always exceeding yourself. Always in a realm that you've not been in before. Always abounding. We preached that message two or three months ago, New Dimensions. Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to tell you something, my children. This deception is more widespread than you think. See, some people who know better evidently feel that just some way, somehow I'm going to abound. When they know if they ever did abound, how they applied themselves. They know what they had to do. They know how they fast, how they went before God, how they closed out the world. They know what they did to abound in time past. But now the devil has them think I'm usually going to abound automatically. Or you get to a convenient place and you're really going to get out of being with God and you're going to automatically abound. Well, if that's what you think, you are of all people the most deceived. Because if you ever abound, it didn't come that way. It didn't just happen. It happened as a result of you standing through all kinds of difficulties and keeping your eyes right on the goal and not allowing yourself to be distracted by anything at all. Willing to make any decision you had to make in the interest of your spirituality. In the interest of your testimony. In the interest of your calling. Amen, amen, amen. Brother, this spiritual retrogression, this spiritual backing up is a sad, sad situation. Amen! Do you want to me see this? See, when people quit abounding many times and they know they should abound, they try to substitute it with something. With maybe a high spiritual talk. Our impressive words, that doesn't take the place of real abounding, children. No, 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 you can't get lukewarm and then come up with a real high testimony and think that's going to make up for your lack. That doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't work. It might work for you, but not for the Lord or for the people. Amen. All right. Let's go back to our text for a moment. And we want to tell you how to abound. He made it. See, that's one thing about Paul and Jesus and the other writers. When they made you a recommendation, they told you how to do it. They didn't just leave you hanging out in midair, but they told you exactly so that you would be without excuse if you failed to do it. All right, Paul, then you said that we should always abound. Then just how do you come by that kind of experience? Read the, the 58th verse, brother. Therefore, my beloved brethren, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. That is, that is, that is. That is something that must precede the abounding experience. Steadfastness. Will somebody pray with me? Listen. What you know to be right, if you live a thousand years, Hold to that. Don't let that slip. Listen, will you pray with me? If God ever give you a place in prayer where you know you're contacting heaven, don't ever lose that. See, don't lose that and then go back searching for the next two or three weeks from now. Don't ever lose that. See, if you keep that, you can add to it. Then when I've known people, that you can hear them all through the night calling on God two and three o'clock in the morning, falling out of the bed. 
And brother, they had such authority and power in their lives. They were clothed in before God. But instead of keeping that and adding to it, they decided that that was too demanding. They didn't say that. And then they left that. And now they're just as casual. And they got to try to make what themselves think that what they're doing now is just as much. Isn't that pitiful? Will somebody pray with me? Just for a little while. Amen. We're going to wrap it up if you, if you help us out. How do you always abound? You have got to be what, brother? Be ye steadfast. Steadfast. Unmovable. Wait just a moment. You've got to be steadfast. You can't be shifted. Brother, the devil, is, that's why he comes with tricks and wiles and problems, trying to shift you. Sure, it shakes me and grieves my heart when things come my way that's unpleasant and uncomfortable. But it's not going to shift my position. If someone that I have respect in or love dearly backslide or do something atrocious, it's not going to shift my position. It's not going to take my mind off the goal for a little while. Yes, I might be maligned that people might come against me in, in all kind of conceivable ways. I might have problems along the way, but it's not going to shift my position. When I have, I think I'm holy till I die. Because I know if I don't hold this, I can't add to this. I'll be constantly trying to get back this. And that's just what some people, the average person today who has ever abounded, I would almost guarantee you, is trying to get back to an abounding position today. But you see, when I, I, when I talk to people, I'll be gathering something. See, I'm going to tell you something. Many people are not abounding, and they don't want to be reminded of it. So they have a way of, of kind of talking you off when you ask them about it. Well, I'm doing all right. Yeah, man, I'm doing some things. You know, I'm doing some things. Man, Lord, I'm working on it. I'm, you know, anything. See, they don't, want, they don't want to deal with that right now. So now I know not to press them any further. Sometimes people already sense it and they, it would kind of arouse them. But sometimes they just go on as, as though they were on the mountaintop and I know they aren't and they know they aren't if they take time to reflect. Come on with me if you will. There's a tremendous thing here. Steadfastness. How many times have we had the mountaintop experience? How many times have we claimed victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil altogether? That's not the issue. But always doing that. There's no excuse for not doing it. Why? Because God said He placed us in a fruitful hill. He got out the stones, built a fence around us, and He came looking for grapes, and He found sour grapes. And that was a disappointment to God. God placed you in the church of God, where you can be in service four or five times a week, hear the gospel over and over, prayer warriors pray for you if you got a need. Now you know that's inexcusable. Come on with me. Right. There's no reason why you shouldn't abound. But people don't abound because they love God, but they love something else more. Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, love is a pleasure more than lovers of God. Not that they don't love God, but they love something else more. Nobody would admit that, but your conduct proves it. Come on with me. But brother, I'm gonna say, if people don't awake, that's why we're preaching so hard, trying to awaken the saint first. You'll never fulfill your office. You'll never fulfill what God has given you if you don't wake up and, and recognize something here. We have plenty of nominal Christians all over the world. 
But the only way your calling will ever be recognized is you're going to have to abound. Amen. That's what the world and Babylon lacks is the abounding experience. And if you don't have it, you just somebody that's on the corner. You'd never do anything either. Amen. 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 And brother, if we don't know when we are abounding, you don't leave the children alone. Quit playing with baby children because some of y'all ain't abounding. Amen. God help us. Let anything distract you. Praise our God. Amen. Amen. That's true. This is how steadfastness. Thank God we some of us ought to be staying and missing our lunch. Get before God. Say, Lord, help me to keep what I got. Lord, I want you to rip this thing in my soul. Lord, I rather, I, let me die before I lose any of this. I want to add to this. Amen. I've had it several times, but, but I didn't keep it long enough to add anything else to it. Amen. Come on with me. Amen. Brother, only God knows where some of us would be today if we had kept adding to what we had. Amen. If we had kept stacking on to what we had, some of us had a prayer life, my God, that calls people tremble in your presence. Some of you had testimony that was far more than words that were lit up with the power of God. Some of you just could read a scripture and it was just without even commenting and just tap people up. Oh, Why? That power, that anointing, that authority. Oh, Don't you sense when you lose it? Oh. Amen. God help us in this morning. Always abounding. Oh, Say a little simple word or two and electrify the people. Oh, Not well selected word, but because of the power you had with it. Because you are abounding in your soul. Amen. How do you always abound? You've got to be steadfast. That's right. If people see you 30 years from today, brother, son, the one thing you, you still you, you still got the same thing. You still have the same anointing. You still got the same conviction. You're still holding it fast. You're still a man of prayer. You've got swerved one inch. But you've grown. You've added to it. How do you do it in a time like this? That's what impresses the world, children. That's right. That's steadfast. Men are changing and turning tail and changing conviction and changing doctrine and changing wives and changing everything. You're abounding. You've been steadfast. Thank God. What God has given you, you won't let all the devil in hell rest it from you. You might not be moving too fast, but you certainly ain't losing nothing that God gave you. If you just gain a, a foot a year and hold that, I would prefer that to gaining 10 miles in a week Amen. and losing 15. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Some people just drag the this scene, but I tell you what, everything that God has ever given them, they still got it. And they ever wonder why you see them adding just a little bit more, but they don't lose anything. They're steadfast. You don't find them shifting that all the devil in hell can't shift them. They might not be the first one to jump on the bandwagon, but when they get on there, they'll stay. When God makes something clear, all the hell can't shake them away from it. The relationship that they had with God, the prayer life, praise our God, and the amen, and their depth in the word, their love for the word, their loyalty to God's word, they still have it. Come on with me. Steadfast, steadfast, steadfastness, steadfastness. That's what gain you respect. Amen. People look you over. You might be quiet, praise our God, and you might not be that adept in the scripture. You might not be that impressive with your testimony, but you you got what you had to begin with and more. You, you haven't lost one inch of ground. That's what gain you respect, brother. Come on. 
See, flamboyance is a widespread thing. People just, you know, mushrooms and all this kind of thing. But it's, it's no more than a vapor. It's no more than a vapor. Amen. Steadfastness, steadfastness. Before I, I'm, I'm going to shout with some of y'all about next year, if you, if you hold what you got now. No. By next year, I'll be kind of shout with you. But I ain't going to mess with you now. I might lose my shout. No. I'm going I'm to let it keep it about a year. Then I hold it for holding it to the next Thanksgiving, and I'll shout with you, all right? Remind me, remind me. Yeah. Read a little more, son. Therefore, my beloved brethren. Therefore, my beloved brethren. Be ye steadfast. Be ye steadfast. Unmovable. Thank God I don't care who changes. I don't care who goes back. I don't care who shifts that position. Yes. Maybe the person who called me to get saved backslide. Let him backslide. Yes. My husband might run off. Children might leave. But let them leave. Thank God I will hold what I got. Yes. I'm not moving an inch. Let people say, I, my, I got better sense now than I used to have and change. Come on. I'm going to use my five senses. Use what you wanted to use. But you are what God gave you. Amen. 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 Be you steadfast. Read. Be you steadfast. Steadfast. Unmovable. Unmovable. Turn to Galatians, please. Chapter 1, verse 6, quickly. Steadfast. Unmovable. That means more than any testimony you might give. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. I marvel that you are so soon moved. I marvel. As loud as you were talking, talking about you would die for this truth. God, give me my fire. I'm going to hold it. And now, my God, you don't have no semblance of what you had, what you were talking about. I marvel. How in the world could you get lukewarm so quick? All that fire you were talking about the other day. How in the world could you back up on that principle when you were criticizing everybody who didn't hold up there to it? How are you doing so soon? You can do with everybody because they didn't stand up and now you back. You, you flopping. You move. How did it I marvel. I don't see how you did it. I marvel that you're so soon removed. How in the world, how in the world could you be holding your head down in defeat? Thank God with all the victory you had a little while ago. I marvel. I marvel that you're so soon moved. Oh, blessed God. Steadfast. Back to the text, please. Be you steadfast. Unmovable. Unmovable. Come on with it. Always abounding Always in the work of the Lord. Always abounding. And don't there is no excuse for not abounding. Ever. Be ye steadfast, unmovable. Always. Every time you check and examine yourself, you find that you've grown an inch. You find yourself you are exceeding what you've ever been before. Every time you take a census of your growth every time you take an, an assessment of your experience I find that I'm still abounding without psyching myself in reality Amen despite all of the reverses and adverses 
and the sicknesses and, and the poverty still abounding. All of the involvement and the demands of the family and the demands of the job and the demands of society still abounding. Brother, this is what we need to zero in on. We've never had a shortage of people who, who made a lot of noise and a lot of screeching starts. We've never had a shortage of that. I could spend the rest of the afternoon maybe naming those who've been luminaries of the past who said things that revolutionized the whole congregation, the whole movements, the whole groups. But are they abounding today? God help you, children. May we ponder this thing in our hearts and it's time that we come to grips with ourselves and, and, and really look this thing over in a real way and be honest about it. If you're not abounding, you can. If your experience has been a sporadic one, you can let God solidify you. And he will do it. Now, if you sense you need help, if you are humble enough to recognize it, rather than go on trying to prove something to yourself, which is dangerous beyond measure, and let the word of God mean something to you and not shift it to somebody else, God will help you this morning. God will help you this morning and give you something respectable, something that you can depend on, something that will put you in a position where you can help somebody else. Come on, where you can be the influence that you wish to be. Where you can substitute real authority for just trying to exercise something. Shall we stand? Shall we stand? Shall we stand? God have mercy upon us. The prayer room or the altar, whichever you prefer. Almighty God, do we care? Do we want that? Will we settle for just anything, just something? God have mercy upon us. Brother, when we lose our appetite, you know we were talking about an individual that died recently. Is it for a few days they had not eaten, they had lost their appetite. Brother, when people know they need help and don't have no hunger, don't have a hunger in their soul, they're nigh unto death. And that eternally so. Brother, we ought to be hungering for an abounding experience. If indeed our experience are not up to par, Amen. God help us. We'll lay this thing out before you this morning with all that we possess in our souls. Somewhere along the way, dear one, you ought to clamp this thing down. You ought to lay hold on something that will cause you to abound. Amen. Under any and all circumstances. You ought to lay hold on that kind of experience that will cause you to exceed yourself continually. What do we sing? If you're not saved, in, according to the Bible, I don't mean religious. I don't mean belonging to church. I don't mean religious performance. I mean deliver from all sin. I mean with real spiritual victory. I don't mean emotional. I mean salvation. We need to get right with God this morning. We need to get the record clear this morning and get something in our soul that will cause us to abound. It takes no victory to be emotional. It takes no victory to be religious. But it takes real victory to abound. And that's what most people don't have. Now if you want that this morning, the altar and the prayer room is open. Amen.
But if you're satisfied with just an occasional mountaintop experience, if you're willing to settle with now and then victory, then that'll be your lot. What are we singing? Hold fast. Number what? Number 252. Dear one, what did you think this morning? Now, if you're not abounding, don't, don't just push over it. It should be of, of primary concern to you. It should be. God help us. God help us. It should be a primary concern. Shall we sing? And if you need help... song God have mercy hold fast hold fast they want if we are willing to settle for anything less than an abounding experience it means that our predicament is not good you see when we began to get nonchalant about our experience knowing that we are not abounding and we still are not disturbed about it we are nigh unto spiritual demise and death. May God stir us as we sing another verse.